the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 through 22. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, believing that God revealed to him, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and bowed in worship, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, referred to the promise of God for the exodus of the sons of Israel from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones in the land of promise. So what we see here is three men who died in their faith. Let's look at verse 20 again. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, believing what God revealed to him regarding things to come. Now, I want to comment on that. These men lived by faith and died by faith, believing what God had told them of things to come. And in that belief, they were able to separate themselves from all of the things of this world, though not always consistently, but for the most part. They lived as a people set apart a people who literally had given themselves to the covenant that God had made with Abraham. May I say that you do not live any differently. You are living to the new covenant. You are living to what God has promised to you. If you are living by faith. By faith you are embracing that you are a new creation. Though clothed in frail flesh, you are kept by a God who is determined to love you, to mature you, to take you forward in truth. By faith, you recognize that this world is not your home, and you should not detach yourself to it. By faith, you recognize that you are not threatened by the world or the flesh of men, but that you are literally guarded and kept as His own. By faith, you know you are loved. By faith, you know you have been forgiven and renewed. These are the things that you hold to by faith. And what's more, what you have that they did not have is there is a deposit in you guaranteeing the word and will of God. 
It is the Spirit of God who is literally in union with your spirit. And it says, this one is God's, made for him, created for him, made to know his pleasure. That is you. How could a mere man, referencing verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, believing what God revealed to him, even regarding the things to come. How would a mere man confer the blessing and promise of God on others? Well, it would never be a work of flesh, would it? It would be a work of faith. It was never the words of tradition that conferred the blessing and inheritance of God. It was literally the will of God. He spoke the will of God over them. He didn't pass it to them. He literally said to them, The will of God concerning you and your father Abraham is... It was by faith and obedience that the will of God is confirmed. By faith means that Isaac trusted God to fulfill his will concerning the sons of Isaac. By faith. Now if you go back to Genesis, you will see that things didn't go exactly the way Isaac had planned. In those days, the father's blessing conferred a large portion of the inheritance on the firstborn son and a prophetic declaration regarding the son's future. These boys were born as twins, and God's will concerning them was known to their mother, Rebekah, prior to their own birth. And that's in Genesis 25:23, where the Lord said to her, the founders of two nation or nations are in your womb, and the separation of two nations has begun in your body. See, she didn't do the separating. Man didn't do the separating. The one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Jacob would be the father of the nation of Israel, and Esau the father of the nation of Edom. Esau was a man's man. He was also the favorite of Isaac. So when she heard Isaac's plan to confer the blessing on Esau, she came up with a scheme to facilitate the will of God. Have you ever done that? And Jacob seems more concerned with his meal than God's will concerning his sons. Because he tells Esau, you better hurry up with that, with that stew or I'm going to die. When in fact he died 66 years later. He was a bit previous on that. A little dramatic. Right? Two things you should keep in mind. This was God's blessing. And it was God's promise. And guess who gets to decide who receives it? God. <laughs> Not the will of man. Second, this may floor you. But God didn't need Rebecca's help to bring about his will. Oh, really? Well, that strikes a whole new paradigm for my life, right? God didn't need Rebecca's help. She could know that God's will would prevail and didn't have to make Jacob complicit in the deception of his father that resulted in a division in the family. She didn't have to go there. It doesn't matter what Jacob or Isaac said. It doesn't matter. God had already spoken on this matter. 
You see, the enemy was around when Rebecca was there. And here's the enemy's word. You probably never heard this, but if you don't do something, if you don't do something, God's will will be thwarted and your son will be robbed of his inheritance. I've never heard that before of you. If you don't get involved, if you don't expedite the will of God as you understand it, then you are going to be left out. And when it doesn't happen, you'll have only yourself to blame. Right? Well, she comes up with a scheme. By doing what she felt was in God's best interest, she was separated from her favorite son, mainly because of her fear of Esau's wrath. And Jacob is concerned that when his mother reveals a plan to him, now you get his perspective, right? Jacob says, well... If that plan doesn't work, I mean, after all, my brother's a very burly, hairy fellow, and uh, my dad, though he doesn't see well, he can feel. And if he finds out that we're trying to pull the wool over his eyes, he's going to curse me instead of bless me. You ever thought of that? I could walk away with the revoked blessing and a full-on curse for the rest of my life. Again, is there any mention of God in any of that? No. Jacob, in Genesis 27, verses 11 and 12, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Listen, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Suppose my father touches me and feels my skin. Then I will be seen as a cheat, an imposter, and I will bring his curse on me, not a blessing. Now look. When we create or enter into a paradigm that is spawned by the enemy for getting what we want, it sticks. It becomes a stronghold. It becomes an option for you. Now, every time you run across an issue, this option will present itself. Well, guess what Jacob became known as? A cheat. <laughs> A deceiver. A trickster. Because that was his way of getting out of trouble. Where did he learn how to do that? I wonder. His objection is not that he is being dishonest. You don't hear him say, Now, Mom, that wouldn't be right. I mean, that just wouldn't be right. That's actually deceit and it's lying. And I don't want to do this. That would just be wrong. It wouldn't honor God, and it wouldn't honor my father. I just, I can't be a party to that. Now, do you hear that? Is that written in your Bible? If it is, you need to get rid of that thing. Listen, as I said, this is not about Isaac's disposition, but God's will. So keep that at the forefront. So Rebecca's scheme actually works from her point of view. And Isaac confers the blessing on Jacob and speaks over him the covenant God made with his father Abraham. As God declared, the younger received the inheritance of the older. Paul writes of this in Romans 9, verses 11 and 12. He says, And though the twins were not yet born and had not anything either good or bad, done anything either good or bad, so that God's purpose, his choice, his election would stand, not because of the works done by either child, 
child, but because of the plan of him who calls them, it was said, the older Esau will serve the younger by God's will. There wasn't going to be any changing of that. God has made a plan for you. He's written it into eternity. You are not living by your own manifest destiny. You're not creating your own destiny. If you try harder or try less, you're not going to change the will of God. That doesn't mean we move into the lazy boy and wait for things to happen. It means that we walk in the confidence of faith, knowing that God's will prevails in our lives. Now, if we walk in the confidence of faith, we will literally be able to participate in the will of God, which is a blessing for us. It's a revelation for us. It opens our hearts to the truth of our God. It causes us to be able to live in a consistent way that is pleasing both to who we are and to our Father. Many may feel that sin disqualifies them from faith or that somehow God's will concerning them will be lost by sin. I can remember growing up every time I wanted something. I felt like I needed to keep uh, pristine behavior and devotion because if I dropped it at any point, the very thing that I wanted, God would go, Oop, nope, that isn't going to happen. Is that your God? Is it really? I mean, my God doesn't operate that way. In fact, he puts his desires in my heart. That's the truth of my God. He has literally empowered life to fulfill his desires that he placed in me. But you know, if I get them confused with what the world calls blessing, what the world calls goodness, if I get it confused with man's desires, then I am going to come up on the short end of the stick more often than not. And you know how the enemy will interpret that for me? Well, if only you'd gone to Bible study. Right? Sin will never disqualify you from the will of God. But it can keep you from knowing the blessings of participating in the will of God. Sin will never disqualify you from the will of God, but it can keep you from knowing the blessings of participating in the will of God. Peter initially ran from Jesus after his denial, but Jesus never ran from him, did he? No. Let's look at the next verse. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and bowed in worship, leaning on his staff. Now, these events are really in reverse order. In Genesis 48, Jacob and his family migrate to Egypt because of the famine. And then upon hearing that Jacob was ill in Egypt, Joseph took his two sons to visit his father. And at the time, Jacob claimed the two boys as his heirs. Okay? Which would mean that he was assigning the role of the firstborn to Joseph. Reuben was actually the firstborn of Jacob. But he lost his role and his inheritance when he took his father's concubine in Genesis 35.22. Also in 49.4. So Joseph's son would each receive the inheritance. Now, again, as this plays out, God interrupts man's order. 
When giving the blessing, Jacob lays his right hand on the younger, Ephraim, and his left hand on the older, Manasseh. And Jacob immediately says, whoa, whoa, dad, you got that all wrong, and tries to correct it. Well, Jacob insisted that he knew exactly what he was doing, and he did. Jacob foretold that the younger son's descendants would be greater than the older son's. That's in Genesis 49, verse 19. So Ephraim, the younger, became the firstborn. And what do we get out of this? God's will prevails again. As though it sometimes didn't? No. It always prevails. James chapter 1, verse 18. It was of his own will, that is God's will, that he gave us birth, that is being born again, as his children, by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creation, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purpose. How is that going to look How is being an example of the first fruits of creation, His creation, going to look? If we're following all the lemmings, the world, behind all of them and their news and their their unction and their momentum, are we standing out as those who are His elect? How does that look? He created you to be set apart for Himself. What does set apart mean? Think about that. Sanctified. Made holy. For what purpose? For His divine purposes. Here's the thing, guys. You don't have to look for purpose. You were born into His divine purpose. I don't care where you are in your life. You don't need to be sitting around praying that God would reveal His purpose to you. He's already set it out and He will accomplish it whether you have a clue or not. Why not just yield to His purpose and say, Father, what? Thy will be done. I say, preacher, that's, that's kind of rough. You know, it's not easy living out there. You know? No, we can't do it. It must be done By what? Faith. Why? Because faith acts as though what is unseen is our reality. Faith actuates the new creation being to the forefront. It pushes it to the forefront. It causes us to walk in the fullness of it. It says, I will not turn away. I will not turn my back. I will not be one of the sheep that run Every time the, the world offers a new threat. I'm not talking about the things that you have to do to protect yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the condition of your soul. I'm talking about fear possessing you. I'm talking about the world's message driving you. I'm talking about you seeing things according to the flesh rather than according to His Word. There has never been a time... There has never been a time when the people of God should be more attached to the Word of God. 
Because we are attached and tethered to so many things that will drive our thinking and pull us away from truth. Look at your feed, if you don't believe me. And it's an appropriate name, feed, isn't it? <laughs> Look at your internet. Look at your television. Look at your phone. Look at your radio. Look at the word that you're getting from your friends, which is a product of the television, the internet, and the radio. Echoing in your ears. When you should not be an echo of the world, you should be an echo of the Holy Spirit of God. Living distinctly among them. We were born with purpose. We don't need to find significance or purpose in the world. We can, by faith, trust the work of God in us. We can delight in His will, but only as we determine to live by faith. At every departure from faith, we will know the pain and uncertainty of this world. Let me tell you, did not Rebecca suffer at the loss of being able to know and be with her prized child, Isaac? That's the price of faith. The lack of faith. When we depart from faith, we may have the will of God. The will of God is going to happen. But we don't know it. And we tie ourselves and bind ourselves to the methodology of this world and of the flesh. And it robs us. It robs us of what God intended for us. Jacob, leaning on his staff while he worshipped, actually happened before he gave the blessing to Joseph's two boys. It's in Genesis 47, verses 29 through 31. Shortly before his death, Joseph had visited Jacob privately, and Jacob made Joseph promise that he would not bury him in Egypt, but he would carry his body to the cave of Machpelah, where Abram, Abraham was buried. Incidentally, it was the only land that Abraham possessed. It was the only land that his descendants possessed. Joseph swore and Jacob rose upon his staff and worshipped God. Now this demonstrates the consequence of his faith in the covenant that God made with Abraham. Verse 22. By faith... Joseph, when he was dying, referred to the promise of God for the exodus of the sons of Israel from Egypt. He gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones in the land of promise. Now, it would be 200 years before Moses would lead Israel out of Egypt at that point, And then another 40 years, as you know, before they would ever enter Canaan. Joseph wants his bones laid to rest in the land of God's promise. He could have had a tomb like the Pharaoh's, but he would not attach himself to a foreign land. He would not attach himself to the customs of that foreign land. He looked to the promises of God, though he would die without seeing their fruition. He had more faith in the unseen God than in the seen world. He wanted no inheritance in Egypt. Now this is the greatness of faith, that he could possess the wealth of Egypt and count it as nothing in comparison to the inheritance of God. Do you really want something that God didn't give you? Do you? 
I mean, ask yourself. I mean, there are a lot of things we desire, right? There are things that we would like to have. But do you really want something that God didn't give you? I'm going to tell you that whatever the world gives you, apart from God's desire for you to have it, will become a curse to you. I don't care what it is. It will become a curse to you. Why? Because you have pursued your own will, not God's will, and you have decided to drink from broken cisterns, and you will never be satisfied. In all things, the people of God look to him and say, Thy will be done, your will, not my will. I walk in obedience to you. What is it that you hold dear? What is most precious to you? Can you open your hand? Can you lift it toward heaven and say, Father, this is yours. It will be as you give it or it will not be. You can take it or you can leave it, but I will not possess it unless it brings honor and glory unto you. I will not possess it. I will have no inheritance in this land. I will not. Submit myself to its customs. I will live as an alien, a stranger in this world. And everybody who knows me knows this. He's departing. He doesn't belong here. He's leaving. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.